Hi, everybody. We're here for our fifth episode um, of our podcast, where we're going to talk about our lives or my life outside of art. Um, I invited three lovely people, my lovely friends, to talk about what they do outside of their art lives, their art professions, art classes. We'll discuss how it enriches their lives, how maybe it even affects the art that they do. Also discuss how we handle juggling all these interests and maintain work-life balance or not maintain balance. We'll get started um, introducing you guys. Um, I thought maybe you guys can briefly let us know a little about yourself, what you do for a living. Um, I'll start with Shelly. I am a background designer in animation, and um, I'm currently in LA. Just FYI, uh, my show Infinity Train will be on HBO Max, so you guys should definitely Ooh, a check it out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. Okay. How about you, Mark? Hi, my name is Mark David Tier. Um, I'm a software engineer at a Silicon Valley startup. Um, currently, I study art. I break dance in parks, and I make YouTube videos. Nice. All right. How about you, Jeff? Tell us about yourself. I'm Jeff Fan. I'm 27. I work as an illustrator slash sketch artist for entertainment advertising. We have a cool mix here. We have animation, advertising, and programming. So I'm very excited to learn about what you guys do outside of those spheres. Um, Let's chat a little bit. So we like to kind of ask this for all of our guests. Um, like, what did you want to be when you were growing up? And if that, like, matched up with what you ended up being and how that changed? Um, I'll go. I'll start with you, Jeff. I think throughout high school, I was taking, it's just kind of like going along with the flow of things. Everyone around me was pretty set on being an engineer. So I was really set on doing like mechanical engineering. Like I was in robotics. I was like super into it, but also at the same time I had grown up, <laughs> like my parents would do a thing where they would drop me and my sister off at a bookstore and I would just read comics and manga all night. At the same time, I have always been sort of drawing. And at the time I was like getting really into uh, anatomy, which I felt was kind of like similar to engineering and like finding the function of stuff. So when I applied for school, had a change of heart, <laughs> went to art school because it sounded like a lot more fun than engineering. Do you remember your first memory of like, this is like, cause in school they always made you tell what you wanted to be or illustrate what you want to be when you grew up. Do you have any memory of what that might have been? Do you want to be an astronaut? Yeah, no. that seems to be called <laughs> astronaut. I think I, I think I just wanted to have like four children. Oh wow, really? <laughs> yeah. That's like Five years old. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah, as a young kid, like uh, my parents like to tell the story, <laughs> and it's like, why four children? That's yeah, a lot why? of work, Jeff. And I'm like. You know, I, I'm not really aware of like cleaning diapers or anything, but I was just like, you know, if I have four children and my like beautiful wife leaves me, I can take two and she can take two. <laughs> she had it all planned like, out. Oh. At, 
fire you're anticipating being left by the wife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very important. You can't have two kids because then you would separate them. Like, obviously, one would go with one and one would go with the other. And then it's like, who are they going to play with? They don't have friends. Wow. You know? Yeah, you, you thought it all out. <laughs> all right. Um, how about you, Mark? Yeah, so it's like, I guess in I get primary school there's like no conception of uh of making money and so that like I guess freed me from trying to think of careers that would make money because like Jeff in high school um which is the question I was thinking about it's a completely different answer on how to make money in like a high school phase versus like oh well yeah well people ask me this question all the time what do I what do I say what do I say um and originally I was like yeah I'm gonna be a I want to be a doctor because like doctors make lots of money, right? And I, like everyone wants to have lots of money. And then in like, I remember mid, mid primary school, I realized that if I just want to have a lot of money, I don't need to be a doctor. I can just win the lotto. And so <laughs> my childhood dream, I just wanted to win the lotto. Wow. Nice. Such an interesting yeah, that's a That's a good creation. <laughs> The thing is, every single time I buy a lotto ticket, I am 100% convinced that I'm going to win it this time. And every single time I haven't won, and it's like, I get so devastated. And I'm like, oh, why did I do this to myself? And, yeah, uh, that, that's a lot of self-torture, yeah, setting yourself so I, up for I, I haven't bought the lotto in a while, but... So Shelly, what, what's your earliest My early memory? Well, I, I actually wanted to be a painter. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So I, I know I wanted, to, I wanted to be a painter when I was in kindergarten. And then it was just, just like, I just wanted to have an easel and then painting on an easel. I thought that was cool. Uh, and I go through different phase. So like, you know, once you get into high school, the reality hits you and it's like, oh, so I wanted to be a chemist because I thought like the lab coat was really cool. And then at some point I, you know, I, I like the idea of working a nine to six office job like my parents. What was the, so when your parents were just like, hey, Shelly, like five-year-old Shelly, like what do you want to do when you grow up? And you're like, I want a nine to five job exactly like you. And they're just like, you know that's not a cool dream right like you know you gotta you gotta want to be an astronaut or like something cool right don't be like us i think they approve it that was like oh yeah stable money you know yeah at the same time they're like oh at least like it's good she doesn't want to be like a like like a stuntman or something very nice um Cool. Well, that that was very enlightening <laughs> of you guys. Um, so moving on from from that, we're going to talk about interests outside of art, um, which some of you guys do for a living. Maybe we can go through like just some of maybe the main hobbies or interests that you've been doing lately um, that you've been learning or, or you've picked up. Um, how about you, Mark? You have quite a range of interests and hobbies. <laughs> I think at the moment, my biggest non-art hobby is probably breakdance. Um, and that's it's like the biggest, biggest love for me. 
Um, and I was talking about this yesterday with a friend because it's like a big like curse almost because like we love this thing so so much but like the benefit is so temporary there's like there's like the moment of happiness when you're like quote unquote like one with the music or you like you hit that spin and you're like off angle and it's like it because you're spinning so fast it resolves your like your balance and then your balance and it's like on beat and it's so nice but the majority of the time um it's just you trying to like there's a move that you want and you just struggle so hard try to get that move um but anyway uh and how i how i started breaking um so it I, it wasn't probably like a nice place it was from like i saw a video at high school of some guy an asian guy specifically because i went to a, a very um non-asian I grew up in a non-Asian area. So, so someone like more quote unquote like me doing like these really cool moves. And I was like, I was 17 at the time. And I thought like in Australia, 18 is the age for clubs. Like, oh, if I just practice for one year, breakdowns, when I'm 18, I can go to the club and I can be the coolest person at the club. I can just, <laughs> yeah. That's how, that's how I started breaking. Um, and, and did that happen? Did you go to the clubs? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it did happen. Like, I went to the club. I, I've danced to the club, and, you know, I beat, I feel like, okay, maybe I am the breaking dance of the club person. Uh, with, like, because well, you, you don't just go by yourself as well. You have, like, your buddies, right? And everyone's, like, pretty good at dancing. And, you know, you it's like, who are you trying to impress at the end of the day? Because... Are we trying to like compete against other people who are like just trying to have some fun? Um, and so I guess like the whole breaking thing, it moved away from like, uh, especially in a public scene, like trying to dance and trying to like impress people to just trying to like have a good time. And I realized like, I guess, quote unquote, deep down inside, like, I don't even like to go to the club. Why, why the hell am I here? Uh, so now it's like, yeah, dance, have a good time. Um, but by yourself or with your friends. And I find that so much nicer. Yeah. Nice. How about you, Shelly? Well, what are, speaking, what are some of your main interests right now? Speaking of dance. Yeah, speaking well, of dance. Well, I used to do swing dance. And the person who got me into swing dance is okay. Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So, what uh, a wonderful person to get you into this interest. Exactly. And I've been doing it since uh, 2017 or 2018. And then once after swing dance, I started trying um, with Elvin, the new style, hustle style dancing. And then um, moving on from there, we were going to do salsa, but then it was cut short. But It's a quarantine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But how I got into swing dance was um, uh, Michelle invited me to joe's in burbank and then we were just kind of like gelling and we're taking like the beginner lessons and we were learning the move and obviously i don't know a lot of the moves so people were kind of dragging me alone <laughs> it's not very enjoyable so then it was like oh we sat on the side and i just watched and there was this lady that was on the dance floor and then she was moving with the music and i was watching her she was like very I just like very, I don't know how to describe it. I want to be like her. And 
I was like, I'm going to take the class. So we started taking classes at BBA. And then we found out about Lindy Gu in Pasadena. And then we started taking classes there. And we go there every Thursday. And I, I just started to become a dancer. And by the way, I've never danced before. Oh, I've yeah. That was your life. first time. Yeah, that was my first time. You have to learn a lot about socializing when, when you're mm-hmm. doing dance, right? Yeah. Oh, That's also ahead. what I like about swing dance is it's so different from my day job because I it's like, oh, it's all body movement. It's it's interacting with people, whereas a day job is just me sitting in front of the Cintiq drawing all day. So it's like a nice balance for me. And I, I don't know if you want me to get into like other area, like singing and oh yeah 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 let's let's hear it because i know you have other a lot of other interests too is that very different from drawing well singing is very different i would say singing is very different from drawing i at least mentally for me it's very uncomfortable for me to sing Mm -hmm. so that's the reason i got into actually i started dancing and singing after i started having a job and is that because mm. you had extra income that you could like take classes or it was something away from work? Both. So it's because of the extra income, I can take classes. And just, I remember after I started working and just doing art, I felt really empty. Hmm. It's like, oh, I have achieved my, my lifelong career goal to become an artist. Now what? And so I started trying different things and singing was something that I've never done before. So as dancing, so I was like, ah, let me dip my toes into it. And it turned out to be very rewarding because I feel like I'm becoming a more rounded person. So I'm not, I don't need to just talk about art. I could talk about like other parts of interest. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure like it's the same for Jeff and Mark that you take improv class, Jeff. Was yeah. that what? Yeah, Jeff, let, <laughs> what? tell us about some, some of the interests and classes you've been taking. Improv has been good. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Has Thanks. it benefited you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess to go into the context of it, my boss works quite a bit with this freelancer, Nick. I was just very impressed with his ability to sort of think on his feet in the office. And also my boss, uh, Walter, is amazing at impressions. So both of them had this like really good repartee, like performance thing going on. Mm-hmm. Like it was it was like a comedy duo in, in the office while, while drawing, which I thought was really cool. And so Nick, Nick was the one who like mentioned like, oh yeah, you guys should just like totally do improv. Like it like changed my life. And you know, there's, there's just kind of like a thing with, (laughs) with learning art or learning drawing that's very antisocial in a way. Like (laughs) we can have as many experiences, uh, like Warrior Painters sets up like plein air, which is great. You get to paint with other people, but the experience itself is is yourself. The it can brush. be, yeah, it can be a little lonely sometimes. And you're like mental battle with like, what color should, is that good? <laughs> so 
a part of me feels that since taking art quite a bit more seriously, I haven't really honed or like focused on uh, social skills like that. So improv kind of added to like uh, Nick being like such a funny, charismatic guy. That, that was partly the reason why mm. I did it. Improv classes are like this fake structure where it's, that's the only thing. <laughs> like, the structure of it is like literally, uh, like you are trying to create a scene with your partner, but the whole premise of, um, at least the place I went to, uh, UCB, the whole premise of it, like the base foundational idea is to like listen to the other person, what the other person is saying, and like try to think about like what what is it interesting or what is it uh, they like to say, what is something unusual about what the other person said? And then you try to find ways to like bring that out. And usually the, the thing that is unusual turns into a game. It feels like everyone in improv class is like trying to be friends in the same uh -huh. way that like we have a conversation where it's like, oh, hey, that's cool. Like, talk, let's talk about that. Um, it might be completely like fabricated because <laughs> of the class. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally recommend it. I think it's been good. I haven't reached charismatic nirvana like <laughs> Nick has, but it's- Is that the goal? I, I oh, think yeah. I think you're getting there. I I do feel like you you are a little more engaged, or I think you're more spontaneous compared to maybe when I first met you. Oh yeah. Yeah, there was just like, oh wow, that's an interesting thing. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, good yeah. for you. That's improv is actually something I also want to try at some point. Yeah, it's oh, definitely thanks. fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds like these are like a lot of these classes and, and new things that you're learning were like really help build your social skills. Um, and since you guys all already and, and other people didn't know this, you guys already are friends and know each other. And I know you guys. So you guys have seen each other grow and transform and stuff. And it's interesting, Shelly, that you bring up like, oh, well, Jeff seems more spontaneous. And, yeah, I've been noticing. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, so I'm, I'm like curious too if, if you've noticed and, and Mark, you can, or you guys can comment on Mark too, if you guys have noticed any kind of transformation um, since knowing each other through the years that maybe like dance has brought you or and I know Mark, you do um, vlogging, which I think you and Jeff do together and stuff, all these ways that you've like grown, you know, whether, um, and, and I'm also kind of curious if you guys were like, ever really shy before and then like doing all these things kind of made you come out of your shell more or maybe you were always like a little bit interested in like learning improv learning dance and stuff like that I just mm. threw a lot of questions at you guys yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna um ask Mark to comment first yeah um so I've known Shelly for a while and I've known Shelly before she started swing before she got like the art job, uh, before she started singing, and you know, there, she she did mention how uh, how after she got the job, she felt like quote unquote empty, and that you know she had to look and find like I guess herself, and part of that discovery process involved finding other things that she wanted to do, but I guess probably 
she felt like she couldn't do it yet or um I don't know and I think yeah I think the Shelly of pre non-art related hobbies to keep it on topic <laughs> is, <laughs> is definitely a, a more holistic and rounded person of um the the Shelly with the other hobbies and it's not it's not just the hobbies it's like I think each craft has like something unique that it brings to the table and um Shelly when she mentioned that she did singing because it was so scary for her and taking that step in I guess facing your fears and like trying to get good at something that used to be scary and becomes progressively less and less scary um that's like I feel like a a mental a mental pathway and once that like pathway is built is like yeah now I've like I there's something that's scary I can work on it and doesn't become scary in one subject and it just applies everywhere else um yeah that, that was very well put it like oh. Oh, so <laughs> I, I I think that's also why we're good friends is like you do that yourself you're always trying to challenge push in other areas I know you wanted to be an artist and you ended up becoming a programmer because it's just more stable. But you're still pushing yeah. your art. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think, I don't know in my case whether or not I have such a noble uh, aspirations as you do, Shelly. Because, like, I don't know, what was the last thing I picked up was, like, rollerblading. And it's, like, it. I think it's less on the other side of, like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's scary. I should, like, try it to improve myself. And it's more on, like, oh, man, I am so bored. Like, i got to, like, pick up something new to, like, I need more stimulus in my life. <laughs> Um, so mark does that mean you're these aren't things that necessarily scared you so much Um, i I think because one of the questions that we've discussed that we're going to talk about today is like are there any hobbies that you'd like to try but are too scared to and honestly i think i've kind of like exhausted like every everything or hobby that i thought was scary because like, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, if I do this, then I won't be scared of other things. And I've just, like, progressively gone down. And now it's just like, okay, I guess I'm not scared of things. But, like, now I just need to find something to do. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could all reach Mark, Mark level fearlessness, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, I do remember having sort of a similar conversation with Mark where he was he was talking about traveling. He has traveled to a lot of places and and he has pretty much exhausted a lot of most of the places he wants to go. So I, I say like, oh, well, instead of trying out all different things, what about digging deeper? Hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely I definitely agree with um Shelley. Like my my last year or two is is less about like surveying the field and like trying and it's more like, okay, this is something that I like and how much can I get out of it? Instead of like reading like the first chapter of each book, it's really like getting this book and realizing that every single book is like has infinite depth. And I like this book a lot. I'm gonna keep reading it. The curve is different. It's like not quite as satisfying, right? Like yeah. the learning curve and then it like flattens out. Oh yeah. Plateaus. Yeah. I think that's also like um it's good to actually take a break when you plateau and then come back 
and then mm-hmm. you get another kind of <laughs> exponential growth. At least that's what I was doing. Uh, so I've been taking a break from art, um, art as a hobby. So I used to paint a lot, and I actually haven't painted in a year. Hmm. Really? <laughs> yeah, I haven't painted. In a year. Oh. I, <laughs> I, I, really? I, yeah, I, I used to do play Pro. I did it every day, the doll challenge. It was great, but I I just needed to take a break, and I'm I'm actually getting back in. So I've been doing master study in the past two days, and it's like oh. This is enjoyable again. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Sometimes you need to take time away because doing something, and also if it's like something you do for work, you kind of it kind of takes away the love for it. Mm. Um, and then taking a break and coming back and coming back with like refreshed eyes and perspective um, is a great way to do it. Yeah. Um, so I want also to ask you guys: Do you feel so? We talked about like our our non some of our non art hobbies and stuff. And I think we're kind of going into that, how that is, does that influence what you do art-wise? Um, has that helped you grow as an artist? Um, do you see it influencing maybe the kind of art that you do? Or maybe it's just more of like, I need something to do that's separate from my art life. And that's okay, I need to take a break as, as Shelly has done. Well, for me mainly it is to take a break mm-hmm. from art because I've been focusing on art pretty much my entire life because I, I know I want to be a painter when I was young. And I've been focusing on art, specifically on art, maybe for like 10, 15 years. And I wanted to, like now that I have got to a level where I'm comfortable, afterwards there's always improvement, but at least I could use that as a profession to support myself. I feel like I should just, you know, try other area. I don't know about you guys. Do you guys want to talk about your experience? I think there's like a lot to be said about um, how you were saying earlier of like taking a break and coming back. And also like the hobby as a thing that might supplement what you're doing. It, it always seems to come back. Like I feel like with your experience with dance, perhaps you you have like a better sense of movement. I know you were doing like animation a while ago like that probably would be easier too like knowing the weight shifts and how things are pulled I was talking to Mark about this too about his knowledge of breakdancing it would probably lead into like better figure drawing better weight distribution it's kind of difficult to just have the one thing that like the let's say the career that we're doing And it's like, if you just continue and continue to do it, that's like a pathway to success, but it's like a narrowing curve, right? Where like the top is like the most specific uh, specialty, like 1%, the famous Instagram artists or something like the, the people who like, who have just spent all of that time to hit that point. Um, But I I sort of like to imagine that doing other things, if you're imagining the mountain, it it can just be like a a stacked layer of like geology on the side. Yeah, yeah. can make it a little bit easier to like continue like growing in that way. Mm -hmm, Um, Like for me, the improv has helped me think about how to create characters and, and that has sort of led into some of these other things I'm doing like, 
when thinking about art, I'm trying to do mostly like aesthetics at work. Like, oh, like how do you make it look good as an illustration? But now I want to add like stories and character to it, which has always been kind of difficult weak point for me. But everything is like adding to that, I think. I think that like the hobbies in themselves kind of like dictate the type of artist that I'd like to become. And so something that's really nice is like getting the things you like and like combining them together. And I think having non-related art hobbies help you see um, other things that can excite you and having multiple things or like multiple references for what can excite you um, can help you craft your like to be like a better more rounded or like who you truly quote unquote want to be because you have more knowledge it's like building characters yeah life experience yeah Yeah. it's literally it literally is life experience (laughs) like if you live more quote unquote life um you have more to express whatever that craft is yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that that's a great tip for any like students starting out because um, you're when you're starting out, you don't have quite as much experience, you're a little bit younger and um, kind of your your experience is mostly maybe art related if, if that's like you've been your main focus. And then um, something which you guys all seem to have been doing is as you learn and grow, you get that art job, but it's it's not everything for you. It's not the most fulfilling part of your life and you kind of need more uh, more from life than that. So you like gain new hobbies, try new interests, um, and then that all feeds in back to your work and what you do and just makes you well-rounded and, and much better artists overall and, and person, I think too. Not, not just art, just as a person. Um, yeah. 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 Um, I wanted to also get into, uh, since you guys have so many like interesting hobbies and stuff, like how, how do you guys handle balancing it all with work um is it do you feel like you have a good work-life balance um is this like this ideal that doesn't really exist of like what what's your your strategy or your your thoughts on that I I think I have a pretty good work-life balance I remember uh, (laughs) a couple like maybe last year Mark asked me how do you do art like after your art job? And I just straight up tell him, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) The secret. (laughs) I just don't. I don't feel the motivation to do art because I've already done it in the day. And if I do more, it just feels like grinding. I mean, grinding sometimes can be good, but I also want to enjoy my life. That's why I started taking the swing dance class and vocal lessons and started just like hanging out with friends. And it's it's important to have that balance. And I've, I'm in therapy right now and we talk a lot about balance. You really need other things. You can't just have that one leg. It's like a chair. You need at least three to make it be stable. Like a chair. I like that. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Nice. It's hard for me to separate work and life because work is is life in a certain sense like back when improv was available most of my social experiences were just like going to like improv class or or like open jams 
or even prior to that for like drawing, it was like, okay, my social experience is like going to figure drawing and like talking to people while like, it's like feels productive mm-hmm. in the same way. Yeah. So it's like, literally it's, it's the same thing. I think where it is like separate things, but yeah, it's just like life is work and like everything, like, even if I'm like, Oh, I'm going out to the bar. Like there's a, there's a goal, which is like, I'm going to try oh. to like get, get closer to my friends and like mm-hmm. maybe need someone new and like that's that's like oh I want to like have <laughs> closer friendships and like eventually find a wife or something like <laughs> that's that's all like work I mean it is work but yeah I think I guess your definition of work covers every pretty broad what about yeah. just career wise maybe the balance is just all the time I sleep <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, but that's that that doesn't work in the same definition too because I can't function well without a good oh. night's sleep. So you, you got to get that sleep because it's like a performance issue because if you don't sleep, you can't do your job. You can't like socialize well. You can't do anything. Right. So everything is... I guess Jeff doesn't have work-life balance. Yeah, everything just like <laughs> meshes together. <laughs> oh, so Mark, do you, you guys are saying you think similarly yeah so like hearing Jeff's it's like we're definitely on that same coin um except when Jeff said like yeah even sleeping is like work because it's like a performance thing you know if you don't sleep your eight hours you know I can't draw as good um I'm obsessed with like also quote-unquote getting improving getting better whatever um but I I guess I take it with another idea it's like we actually learn more efficiently. Like this is research has shown. We learn more efficiently when we're happy. And so it's like, I gotta be happy. <laughs> the TLDI is like, yes, I feel like I found a good work-life balance. But in reality, there probably is none. And it's just work. Except I, d- I don't mentally process it like that. Um, I used to be thinking like, oh yeah, I have to be like productive 100% of the time. The issue that happened with me thinking like that is that if I wasn't doing something productive, I would like hate myself. Um, and I don't think that was healthy. And so I've kind of flipped that to being like, okay, I, I want to be excited about everything I do. And I guess a, a good example of this is like cooking and eating. Um, it's like something so basic, so so simple, but growing up and trying to be like 100% productive all the time, I want to keep like drawing. I want to keep like writing. I want to keep like doing some kind of activity, but my body is telling me I have to eat and eating then is not like an enjoyable activity whatsoever. It's just something that like, Oh, this is just something I have to do. I have to just get it over and done with. I'd hate the fact that I'd eat and I would like try shortcut it. I would try like cut it out. I'd be like, if I just eat one meal in the morning and if I get my like 2000 calories, is that going to be like, okay for the day? Um, should I just get like a hundred grams of protein? And like, I think all that definitely has its place. Um, but <laughs> what I kind of like more now is um trying to be excited about it. So now like first step is like getting more knowledge. So like I watch a bunch of YouTube videos and then like I learn some more recipes and then I learn like how to like mix flavors. Like I need some acids, I need some fats. Like 
and gaining more knowledge, gaining proficiency, um, cultivating a love for it because I see other people loving it. Now it's like, yeah, I'm going to make that thing, that dish I'm so excited to make. Like I bought like this new like Chinese wok and like now I get to finally use Oh, like, oh my gosh, I haven't had sesame seed oil in a while. It tastes so good. Um, it's kind of work in a sense because like I have to work, cook to work, but it's like kind of play. And I think that I kind of try to turn everything into some form of like quote unquote play. I wish we could all have the enthusiasm and excitement that Mark has. Yeah. We're just like, oh, work is done. Wow. No, I'm off. <laughs> but, but I feel like it, it, it can be very infectious. Like somebody who's very excited that can yeah. like right now, I feel excited just, just hearing you guys talk and stuff. So maybe that that's the key to surround yourself with people who are also very curious and excited yeah. to try new things and that'll encourage you to try new things as well. I I would say warrior painter group is a source of at least for me it's just it's it's nice to like watch people do art or anything like I know there's a bunch of different activities that kind of makes me excited about life <laughs> yeah because it seems like you guys are so excited about like, the activity and it's like, you know, here you are on your on your daily life and you're like, you see these group of like the warrior painters and they're like, they're like going outside, having a great time. And you're like, oh, I want to have a good time too. <laughs> so you like, you just go. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. We're almost up to our last 30 minutes. So I wanted to ask you guys one more question before we throw it to the audience. Um, what are some of these, some non-art things you would recommend that young artists or all artists should learn or try to learn? Um, I would say anything new, anything. <laughs> anything new. It's so beneficial to put yourself in a new environment and just because it is a new area, you, you kind of accept that you're going to fail and it's, it's nice. It's liberating. And so anything new, anything. <laughs> oh man how can you get much better than anything <laughs> i think that sort of learning like learning how to learn with something new is like something i really enjoy out of like trying to trying to research something new um breaking it down and there's so many parallels to whatever you might be have chosen as your main thing. That's like something that I find the most interesting is finding like parallel structures between like how you can practice something, how you can um, research, break it down and like input it into your brain, whatever skill you're trying to learn, whether it be like dance music skill or uh, improv. Sure. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to piggyback on um, that idea of a, uh, deconstructing a new skill and I guess evolving your deconstructive skill because um, that's something that I definitely do all the time but I guess lately what I realized um, like whenever you pick a new new skill there's always a link between like the new skill and the old skill because that is like a basis point for understanding there's also a different feeling in in every new skill that I feel like you'd get for free or like quote unquote naturally. Um, so I feel like music is something that I definitely feel a lot for uh, kind of more than, more than like visual art. And one of the things is like, 
in arts there's like the idea of like yeah stay in the big shapes like you know like if you draw in the face it's just like a straight line and you just draw like this the small wiggles for everything else but stay within like that straight line because that's the big gesture um that idea visually is very hard for me to grasp but musically the idea of like staying within like this minor key because like if you play too much outside of the minor key you have to bring it back it's easy for me to think of like i guess art in music um, for this specific concept and i think every skill that that i do that i have some kind of natural tendencies or maybe luck tendencies in that but then if i start cross-referencing those ideas together um, i feel that it can help me deconstruct each individual skill better what, oh, what I, I, sorry, I, I realized i just also didn't answer the question um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, something non-art related. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, some form of daily exercise. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I I'm, I'm agree on that one. Definitely. Yeah, and it's like whether, whether or not that's like, I don't know, just like a short walk or like dancing in the chair. Humans are creatures or biologically creatures of movement. I do definitely believe in like a mind-body connection. Yeah, totally agree on that. Yeah. So we're going to move on to some of our audience questions. We have a lot, a lot of really good ones, so we'll try to get through them. Someone asked if you introduce yourself to other people as like as an artist or do you include other interests um, when you like meet someone for the first time? Um, and another question kind of ties into that is, do they also know you for your outside interests? Like people know you, Shelley, as a dancer. Do people know you, um, Mark, as break dancer and stuff like that? The first question, the, how do I introduce myself? I normally don't introduce myself specifically as designer in animation. I would say I'm an artist because I feel like if I tell them what I do, sometimes they put you in a box. Mm-hmm. And I like them to kind of, I like to have a interaction, have sort of get to know my personality first. It might be just me. When I say like, oh, I work in animation, I feel like, oh, this is a networking now. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I would like, oh, I'll say oh, I'm an artist. Yeah, I do. I actually would introduce myself by saying what I do as a hobby. So that's oh, how, really? Yeah. I will actually say, oh, yeah, I do swing dance. I like sing. And this is what I do. I actually would avoid talking about my work. But a lot of people kind of, know both sides of me i know many people know i love bugs oh yeah that's right we didn't get to get into that yeah but but that's sort of how i portray myself i do love bugs they're so cute oh my god i used to have a tarantula (laughs) 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 i want people to know me as a well-rounded person so if they only think that i am one I would try to introduce other part of me. And I think everybody should do that because you, you don't want someone to look at you as a two-dimensional person. You want someone to look at you as like a unique, authentic dynamic. And all of your life experience, all the new things you learn, you want to be able to present to other people. So, you know, they can have an authentic relationship with you. Wow, that was very inspiring. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Jeff? What do people know you as? Or how do you introduce yourself? 
Uh, Wait, can I can I just interrupt here? Yeah. <laughs> I've seen Jeff introduce himself. To okay. Explain <laughs> <laughs> <Whoa>. the situations. <laughs> I, Jeff always downplays like what he does, and like I'll always have to like with meet people. He he's like I do this, and then I'll be like, well, he he just says like I work in advertising, and it, I think like. <laughs> No, he does that. He does that. Oh, it's called out. It's yeah. true. And then I'm like, no, no, no. Wait, wait. He's like, he's like a sketch artist. He's like really cool. <laughs> um, Is this true, Jeff? Yeah. Well, Why do you do that? Why do you do like, that? There's maybe it's like a maybe it's like a personal thing I need to go to therapy for. But there's like a weird contextual thing I think that goes along with introducing yourself, depending on the context. I'd rather downplay or mention something else. Like, say in in like improv uh, groups, if I'm talking to someone, they're like, "Oh, what do you do?" I can just be like, "Oh, yeah, I'm like an illustrator," and they'll be like, "Cool." In like uh, artistic sense, or in in like art social circles, it makes me uncomfortable because there's been a few times that I've talked to people around my age. And they use the opportunity, and it's not even like specifically in art, it can be in improv or like acting or something in which their name is like directly tied to, uh, attached to like their most recent cool project. Like, oh yeah, I was working on Marvel. <laughs> cool, right? And then I'm like, yeah, cool. I mean, like, uh, how's it at Marvel? That's pretty cool. Like, the whole experience is a little bit, it's shifted, right? It's its kind of like, um, oh, like, tell me about your job. I know what <laughs> you're talking about, Jeff. I felt that shift before. Like, when somebody yeah. mentioned about a project that they work on that are really popular, you kind of feel obligated to shift your attention to that, even though you might just want to know the person. Yeah. No, like I, I even like, I, I just feel guilty about it talking about it, but like all I care about at that point is just, that's really cool. Like, <laughs> tell me about your job. I want to know about that. And there's like a weird, like when I think about it afterwards in some context is there's just weird, like when someone uh, offers that piece of information from the start and it's not like, uh, you had to like pull it out and be like, whoa, that's cool. Um, they're just like trying to state and like elevate their level to the highest point that they can, which is totally like legitimate. I think that's a totally like a thing that helps in social situations. It's just not something that I feel comfortable doing because to me, I have a hard time, uh, maybe I have self-esteem issues. <laughs> I have a hard time like conflating my own ego to the point where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm totally like badass. Like who who are you? Are you working? <laughs> or cause like, I don't really feel like the projects I'm working on are like, they are cool. I'm very <laughs> grateful, but they're not to the point where I, I feel like my life is greater than someone like my work life is greater than someone else's that like seems kind of like disingenuous um especially like your when talking life to them. is great jeff oh yeah 
Yeah, your life as a whole is great. Oh, thanks. Your life's pretty great too, Shelly. Thanks. Yeah. Wing dancing. Oh, All right. You guys are always like you. <laughs> Improv, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys had such interesting things to say. I again forgot what the question was. <laughs> I, I I too. Um, do like when when you introduce yourself? Do you? Oh say, yeah. Because your your profession is not as an artist. Um, you're also yeah. a programmer and all. Yeah. I, I think it's it's always definitely like contextual based. Sure. Um, if you meet a bunch of breakers, um, and they want to talk about breaking, then you know you talk about breaking. You, and I think it's not about like necessarily um about me um i think when you introduce yourself to someone it should be about like us and like what common things do we have or what what would be the most interesting thing for us to share with one another i'm gonna go through a few more questions at the remaining time someone someone asked if if there if how many interests are too many interests do you guys ever feel like you've um, overburdened yourself with all the things you do? I think it depends what these hobbies are and how you, I guess, internalize what the hobbies are. Because if the hobby is actually not a real hobby, let's say one hobby is like a class and another hobby is like a responsibility. And essentially these aren't hobbies, they're just big responsibilities you've signed yourself up for for a long term and you've invested money and I guess emotional um vestedness into these uh, into these things and when you start to spread yourself so thin um, that can have value conflict for what you actually want to do and once you start having that value conflict I don't think of that as like any type of play um, trying to maintain all these different fingers in these different pies is more like work because you're trying to maintain it by like outside influence rather than internal um internal wanting but if your hobbies are things that all come from the inside like um oh i want to do this or like i want to do this and you just do it i don't think that can ever be a bad thing because what are you what's what are you doing you're just doing what you want to do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh yeah the the only thing i would say like there's definitely like over scheduling. I think probably all of us have done that. Um, I've heard from all of you, like <laughs> the part about it that like is frustrating to me is like if you are scheduling these things that you internally want, it's just balanced with how how much time do you want to actually devote to like developing that part of who you are, and that's the decision is just like, I'm going to do it. And it's just three hours of my week. But I also like, just have to decide that like, I don't really care quite as much about my results. Like, I used to play volleyball every week. And that used to be like, I got to jump higher, I got to hit harder, I got to get like, or also leave, um, I'll let my team down. Um, But like, the only way that I can do that nowadays is I just want to do the three hours and I just want to like play. And that is like the decision pre- between that and like, oh, like I got to schedule 
more practice sessions, you got to schedule more and more and more. It's like, what level are you happy with scheduling versus like the level of time commitment and like how good you want to be at the thing? Like, it's okay to suck at something and spend time on it, I think, as long as it's something that you just want to do. Yeah, I definitely agree with both of them because I would say I, I look at a hobby and then I put too much commitment to my hobby where I was taking too many classes and I ended up have to call a friend and cry in the car. <laughs> <laughs> so That's that, rough. Yeah, so, so yeah, you can't, I don't think you can have too many hobbies, but you, you might not want to do them all at once. Yeah. understand your limits yeah yeah we'll end on this one um so when you're scared to try something what thought or action helps you overcome it and I want to add on to it what is something that scares you right now that you want to work on well I would like to learn how to swim oh that's right <laughs> doesn't have to swim yet <laughs> yes. oh that's so, terrifying <laughs> good luck <laughs> Um, how do I overcome my fear? I just do it. <laughs> I take classes, so that's at least you have like someone who's experienced that can guide you somewhat through it. So you do want to find a community where they're very encouraging and supportive, and then really just try. You know, if you don't like it, you don't have to do it, but at least try, and that kind of gets you in the first step of doing something you're uncomfortable and you might end up liking it and you might end up doing it and becoming part of your hobby which yeah happened to my singing and my swing dance um I was gonna bring up that time you sang in front of people at swing dance so it was you were combining two different hobbies right and that was your first time singing in front of people. Yeah, that was horrible. <laughs> it, it went horrible. It didn't go horribly. Oh, yeah, what are you yeah. laughing about? Well, well, I was, I guess, just, you have to tell yourself, you might be telling yourself, oh, this is going to end up horrible. I'm going to be so embarrassed by myself. But you'll be surprised when you actually do it. People like when they see someone put themselves in a vulnerable position and they actually really... They, they are they are they're supportive they love seeing it for some reason they love seeing it and yeah. it doesn't matter how bad it is so I would say go in try with that mindset knowing that it's okay you're trying you're actually having the courage to do something that you're uncomfortable and a lot of people don't have so you should be proud of yourself yeah and and I was I was very proud of you for, for those so. more more of what that was Shelly saying um, a song in front of people at karaoke it was karaoke <laughs> at swing dance so it was all the people she was dancing with and then she got up and she sang oh, a solo yeah, yeah. I did take a shot though oh, right. <laughs> yes. What whatever helps <laughs> yeah um, how about you Jeff I am scared of anything that makes me feel vulnerable which is like pretty common I guess there's a lot of times that I th- I think Oh man, why why am I like spending money on classes, taking classes um, when the information generally is like online or you can purchase it for like a tenth of the cost? And that's usually like there's there's the factor of like you're committing money to it 
So like if you don't go and you already spent the money for the class, you're losing money effectively. And money's like a motivator that will get you through that hump. And also the other people in that social circle definitely would like raise the stakes for you. Like, oh, where, where are like you committed to this? The teacher's gonna expect you to be there. So um, yeah, even though information is there, I feel like the uh, class structure with other people, it's not just like a social thing or, um, or like the teacher might ne not even necessarily be like the best experience, but just spending, like committing to that and like doing like the smallest piece of it, I think is the way to get over initial hump is there something that scares you right now that you want to work on? Yeah, there's a ton. Name, name them. Name a few. I, I want to be cool like Shelly. You know, I want, I want to do karaoke. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, that's that's amazing, Shelly. That's like really cool. Like, that's like two years. What was it? Uh, or like a year and a half of like yeah, singing lessons. Yeah. Now you have that confidence. To do it i still don't have oh, it wow. <laughs> i still don't have it yeah but you did it I with did a shot it. yeah next time it's gonna be you just need the shot half. yeah <laughs> yeah i think if you do it enough you get conditioned into like oh yeah you just have to do it the first one is gonna be the hardest that's yeah. true <laughs> <laughs> all right mark we're gonna end on you Nice. Um, there's something I'm scared of right now, which I guess I'm not scared of anymore because I did my what I'm too scared to do process. Um, but like, for example, my company is a startup. We're a travel startup and travel hasn't been going so great lately. So, you know, my uh, I'm not a, a USA citizen. So if the company goes bust, then I have to leave. And it's like, you know, you read the, you read the visa instructions and like, you have like 10 days to leave everything. So it's like, oh my God, how am I going to get rid of the Cintiq and like the microphone and the car and like, so that move everything out back to like, I got to find like accommodation and, and like, where am I going to stay? Am I going to live in Perth? Like, and all of these thoughts just like run through. Um, and that was, that was like kind of terrifying. Um, but you know, I, I put it, through the there's like I think it's it's going th it's doing the rounds definitely on YouTube now it's like the the stoic philosophy of like you know okay let's uh let's play out the worst scenario and uh let's like see how see how, like how that goes and if I am kicked out of the country tomorrow then you know these are the steps that I can do and the worst scenario is like what I live with my parents and that's not really all that bad like <laughs> I have a home I I still eat um I I can still get better at art I can still um I have breakdance friends in like any city that I go to like the worst case scenario when I think about it isn't actually that bad um and yeah I think I just accept accept the pain and realize yeah <laughs> <laughs> Okay, great. Um, I think that wraps it up for, for our podcast today. Thank you guys for coming on. That was really, really enlightening and inspiring. Um, I hope everyone else enjoyed it as much as I did. Thanks, everybody, for asking questions. And sorry, you couldn't get through all of them. Um, but this, this really was really, really fun to do. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much, Warrior Painters. Yeah.
Thank you for Thanks, hosting. Everybody. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any suggestions, please leave your comments on whichever platform you are listening with. And if you like this podcast and other events we organize, please consider donating to us on Gumroad. You'll find a link in the description. Thank you, and hope to see you again soon.